Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Have you guys been paying attention? To what? A lot of things are going on, man. You and Casey Basketball. Oh, yeah. yeah. They win their... They have a shot. They still have a shot uh-huh. of being the number one seed in the Summit League tournament. That would be something. Avoid, uh, avoid. Red Were hot. you also giving up on them they, like a week ago? They uh, won. It was like two weeks ago, and yes, I was feeling. They won they again. Played a lot better since then. Yeah, they won again. They're a number three seed currently in the Summit League. Yeah, no, I, I, I have paid a little attention. I, I did pay some. Awesome. They beat Omaha last night, right? And then who they played? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. See, I'm keeping up. I'm keeping up on it. Took down Uno. They got two games left. They're both on the road. That was their last. Um, that was their last home game of the year. Was against. Did you go to any? Did you support your alma mater? Huh? I didn't go this year. No. Nope. Went to hmm. two games. Could last be a historically year. great say. season, and you're not supporting. If they make it, you'll be in. Dayton kind of for like the first yeah. four or something. Yeah, though. I already told you. I'm definitely traveling. I'll, I'll there's a chance. Yeah, do. there's. There, I got some flight credit. I'll get my. Ass I wonder. Out there. In all seriousness, out of the Summit League, I wonder. I don't think they'd be in. I don't think they'd be a 16 seed. So I don't think they'd be in the first four. They actually would. I, barely a 500 team. Who's ever in the Summit League is not going to be a very high seed. They're no, be a but 15 or I don't 16. think a 16, though. I think 15 you know maybe. So? 16 usually is like even smaller conference than yeah. what they're in. But fi- yeah, they're 14 or 15 seed easily. But do you, I don't know if they'll be one of the 16 seeds that play in the first four. The two like the play in 16. I don't no. know. I mean, I, I guess anything's possible. But where uh, where are the where are all the regionals this year? Where do I where do I where do I maybe have to go? Uh, re- uh, no offense. Right. I don't think you need to worry about regionals. <laughs> Just worry about your ruse getting in. Fine. I, I don't where think, are the Cody's first already going. Games. Cody's talking regionals. <laughs> how about Dickinson how about want him to be? Uh, how about you just Hell worry yeah. about the the first round matchup that they could play? I don't know. I'm guessing either Des Moines or Omaha or Tulsa. Oh, oh, <laughs> Omaha is a region. <laughs> Omaha, that's close, dude. It is. Road trip. Will you guys come with me? Well, the funny thing about Omaha this yes, year to go to the tournament. Um, the funny thing about Omaha this year, oh, I, I would possibly go. Yeah, it depends on where KU's at. Um, Omaha, we know Creighton's one of the best teams in the country. Yes, They're, the way the scenarios, it, Nebraska is going to make the tournament. They got twenty wins. Going to be the first time in the tournament in a while. Fred Hoiberg's doing a nice job. So Nebraska could end up as a worse seed, but still playing. In Omaha, so like they would give them the advantage where they'd be a crappier seed, but maybe they get the the yeah. Mm, sometimes that happens, even it if does. you're not. It's a, just e- life, you know. Even if you're not a top four seed, sometimes you still luck out, but you're getting you know you're playing a one of the top two teams in the country or something like that. I don't feel all that bad when it happens that way because sorry, there are a lot of teams and there are a lot of moving parts, and they don't deserve just to be kicked out of one of four regions just because you would prefer not to play them in their backyard. Yeah. Sometimes sports line up that way. Chiefs have played, there have been two now, home Super Bowls. It just, it occurs. And it's more often, I think, in the tournament because it's got to be like a a perfect situation where not only, you're good enough to be in the tournament, just for starters, then you're good enough for it to matter to have home court advantage in the tournament. It's a, you know, it's like one team a year that maybe well, gets the, unlucky uh, I, in that situation. I will say the so Kansas State, 
Wildcats saved their chances uh, of trying to get in by not losing in overtime that, to, yeah. to West Virginia last night after blowing what, a 25-point halftime lead. And then they won it. If they would have lost that, they might have been toast. They, they've Probably. still got multiple opportunities for quad one wins, three more, I think, to be exact. And with the Big 12 tournament, Kansas State can still make the tournament. I don't think I, they are so wildly If they would have lost last night, I don't think so. If they would have lost last night, I really don't think they I think they're they still would, one of the I'm last four in, I think, according yeah. to Lenardi. By the way, uh, Cody, right now, uh, South Dakota State, 16 seed in Jerry okay. Palm's bracketology. They play UConn. So good luck. Never say never, though, because Fairleigh Dickinson beat Purdue, but... Well, oh, they're going to be sent out east if that's the case. Be, that's way too you're far. You're not going to be able to go out to Philadelphia it, it or whatever. Brooklyn is what, Brooklyn. Is what even projected. Worse. Even worse. Taking, they're going to take on UConn? At so I'm finally right going to get the ruse in the tournament, and they're going to take on UConn? Well, no offense, but how did you think this was going to go? If I kind of thought like a 15 seed, you know? <laughs> so they take on Purdue? Like what sometimes you... the Summit League winner has been like a 12 seed. Now, that's when they had like NBA talent, and South Dakota State was putting in guys like Braun, who were like late first round, early second round picks, but still. Okay. But still, speaking of the Big 12, since you briefly did mention it, I did see that the odds came out yesterday. For football. The, the early football odds came out for the Big 12, and they are as follows. Debate accordingly. K-State is the odds-on favorite at multiple books to be the Big 12 title winner at 3-1. to one. Utah, second best. Kansas, third best. And then so on and so on. BYU just buried in it. They're all the way at the bottom. Colorado, 50-1. to one. The three best odds, and then Arizona sitting down there at 7-1. to one. You think K-State should be the favorite to win the Big 12? And, well... At this point, isn't Kansas one of the better value plays out of this at third best odds? And I think they've got just as good of a chance as anybody to win this conference. I think the only argument is Utah. Like it, and Iowa State before uh, when they didn't change coaches, I would have entertained. Or not coaches. Arizona. 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 I, you're good. Not, I, I not, knew what you mean. I was like, for a half not second, Iowa I was like, I was like Iowa State, Matt Ar- Campbell. Uh, you know, I got Arizona. you. Arizona. A hundred percent. That that definitely hurts them a little bit. Utah is, I think that. In fact, the odds, I don't know what site that was from. They may have already updated. They've moved. It, Utah now is actually the favorite um, for the Big 12 next year. Uh, barely over K-State, then KU. I think I have no problem with actually where the odds sit. I think KU and K-State both have a great chance to end up in Dallas next year. We know K-State's just a year removed uh, from winning the Big 12 championship. Now, they have a young quarterback that everybody's fired up for and showed flashes, but still, there's still haven't seen a full season when it's his show. Um, that'd be my only hesitation, but also he looks like the real deal. Um, KU and K-State have an absolute uh, real shot to end up in Dallas and and play in the Big 12 title Which game. Which means college football um, playoff for one of those teams ab- if, if you're able to win yeah, that game. Absolutely, and I, have, I may add a K-State ticket. I have a futures ticket on... KU and Missouri to win the national title so I can just hedge if they get into the college football playoff. Um, I can't wait till I actually can bet on one of them to make just the college football playoff. But I think if you're looking at the Big 12 Conference next year, um, KU and K-State, I don't think, are are bad bets whatsoever to make it to the conference title game and therefore to to win the conference championship. If you want to know, literally got an email five seconds ago on the offshore odds for uh, to make the college football playoff. You want to know the odds? Yeah. Offshore odds, according to Bet Online, K State uh, minus two hundred. So they like K State to make the college football playoff, which means they just like K State to win the conference. Well, as there's we not mentioned. any good value there. Um, no, no. Um, Kansas at plus two fifty. Yeah. See again, I can't. Bet and on Missouri that. at plus five fifty. Yeah. Well, so I'm not betting on that. I don't like that at all. I don't like that. I mean, but what they're saying on K State is that they got a sixty six percent chance to make the college football playoff. That's the implied it's probability. Way too high. And it's fine. And like, this is not I, a knock on K State. They're a great team. I though. would rather so K State to win the national championship, I think, is thirty five to one or forty to one, something like that to pay on the book. I saw it as high as fifty to one. I don't know. I'd still rather bet that and then if they hedge win if, if they, they get, get to a college football play- playoff game or they win one, then all of a sudden the hedge. Um, I think it's not going out on a limb. I think at least one uh, is for sure of locals, of locals yeah. making the college football playoff next year. Yeah, I just think there's too many teams, and all three of them are in good positioning. As in, K State and Kansas both have a chance to win the Big Twelve. It's very open, and Missouri is was a really good team last year. Would have been in the college football playoff had it been expanded this previous year, and is returning a number of their big stars. So I think that both are certainly plausible. I mean, I'm not going to rule out either end per uh, FanDuel win totals, uh, yeah. Missouri, nine and a half, Kansas, eight and a half. K state is nine and a half. 
I really feel like and the all of them actually projected to go under their win totals. The mo- one of the most interesting long-term storylines for the Big Twelve for me this year, especially once I see these odds are, is that K State and Kansas are established enough brands that exist like nationally. That because the Big 12 is just so open and weird and amalgamation, somebody could become, again, the face of this conference if they could just string together two, three, four, you know, like win two Big 12 titles in four years and you become the Big 12 team to go to. You and I had this conversation last year, I think, trying to figure out when Texas and Oklahoma are gone, like who's the the face of the conference. And at the time, remember, K-State was just coming off a Big 12 title. It was this time last year. And we were like, was K-State best positioned? Said, weird as that sounds, but are they? And I, I think they are, but at the, it, it's just really tricky because nationally, I still wonder if, you know, before Texas and Oklahoma still brought a level of respect uh, yeah. nationally. And I, I don't, I don't know if that, yeah, I just don't know if that's something, I mean, hell TCU was just in the national championship game a year ago. And then this year they kind of sucked. What about Houston? You remember? You know, like, yeah. And we're talking, again, we're talking for football, and they were in a smaller conference at the time. And now they're obviously in the big 12 and they were terrible this yeah. year, this past year. So and I just think it's really tough. Playoffs. Like, I mean, think about it. TCU was in a national championship game and, and I don't think anybody was trying to make an argument that they're the face of the big 12. I feel like it has to be somebody who doesn't just go to the portal and hits because I think that's kind of what TCU did a, l- a little bit. They they had oh, their guys. A, it's like the Jerome Tang basketball year. Sonny Dykes came just, in as a new head coach, brought in some hates. guys. They they got hot, and then this past year did the portal thing again, and they were not nearly as successful. I think, that's where I think it, for K-State or even Utah or KU now, it bodes well for them as they can recruit guys and also bring them in from the portal instead of just – trying to get 25 guys into transfer. That's why, you know, I guess face of the conference from a media perspective is it's nice that Dion is in there with Colorado. It brings the attention more toward the Big 12, but it's not like Dion is going to win the conference championship this year or maybe even uh, 2025. Tech Center Awards are like, wait, how's UMKC a possible? Yeah, they have to win their conference tournament. Yeah. A possible tournament we just team 20-plus win Nebraska. Yeah, we were just they have to win the Summit League tournament. No team out of the yeah. Summit League is making the tournament. <laughs> That's an outlaw. Except yeah. for the team who wins the conference tournament. It's been a down year for the Summit League. Well, the Summit League is a one-bid league. It always will be. Generally, anyway, yeah. they've had a couple of years where had they lost in the championship game, they might have put two teams in. South Dakota State because being South really good. Yeah. Again, South Dakota State had a run where they were putting like NBA talent in like two out of three years into the league. So yeah, those kind of players, sometimes you'll find your way in, but um, it just doesn't always work that way. Yeah. I, I don't know the last time the summer league had multiple bids is all I'm saying. No, I would say never probably. Yeah, I, don't, I don't, That's what I'm saying. It's a one bid league. I mean, how the Missouri Valley conference now is turned into a one bid league since they've lost all these schools. You, you would have to have um, a team go 30 wins. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we were having fun talking about UMKC, but no, no, no matter what they do in the regular season, if you're in that conference, you have to win your conference tournament. It's pretty simple. That's why I love the conference tournaments for the small schools because so much is on the line. Everything is Head on up the to line. Sioux Falls. They play at the Pentagon, right? There's like the the it's the, called the, something like that. I've the, gone to a game. Is there. the Pentagon or hexagon? It's a weird building. It's the, the name Pentagon. Is the I think the building's called something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a. South uh, a shape. <laughs> I don't think it's yeah, a, a hexagon. A, not, I don't think. I don't think so. Yeah, that would be. Uh, it's a tra- trapezoid. I don't know. We'd start naming. Uh, I, I think it's the Pentagon. I think it is. Uh, it is called the Sanford Pentagon. There we go. There you go. <laughs> you were really thinking about it. You're like, God, is that the right shape? Dodeca, it was the dodecahedron. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, they were actually, you know, yeah. they they really wanted you to have to, like, go through uh-huh. that title. I was like, I knew it was something. It was a shape. The building was called a shape. And there it is. It's the, the Sanford Pentagon. It's supposed to be this huge, nice facility anyway. Multiple rule changes being discussed by the NFL, by the way, because we went to the combine earlier. We heard from Brad Feature, from Andy Reid. And we'll bring you more stuff out of that as it comes out because, you know, um, the Vikings GM's getting asked about trading Justin Jefferson. He's like, I don't even know where that's coming from. And Devontae Adams, Tom Telesco is like, he's a Raider. Someone will get traded out of this group. Don't believe everything they say, but I also know why they're also saying it's not going to say. Two things stood out to me. One, it appears the NFL is unlikely to change the rule and fumbles through the end zone as a result of this. And two, a team is once again proposing moving the trade deadline back to week 10. Both of these 
One, I don't care if they change the fumble rule. I've already told you. I've just accepted it. I've just blindly decided to agree that I don't well, care about that rule. I'm interested in trading to the ten, trade deadline a little. Yeah, so starting with the fumble rule, uh, again, the Chiefs have benefited from it. They've also It's also hurt them over the last three or four years. There's, yeah. So it's not just some recency thing. My issue with it is if we're going to keep the rule the same and still penalize you for fumbling, is can we at least then have the opponent, if I fumble it through the back of the end zone, why do they get it at the 20? That's my, my issue. I, I think if we're going to... Should can I? We, can you we still have, want them to hold Can we ball. have a balance here? Because if, if I fumble the football at the five-yard line, you get at the five, we don't give you 20 free yards. And I understand the argument as well, well, it's a touchback. I'm just saying if, if you're going to already put the onus on the player of, hey, if your argument is just hold on to the damn football, that's how, that's life. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be with you there. But then why should, if I fumble it and Cody's on the other team, why shouldn't his team get the ball at the one-yard line? Why do they get at the 25? Why, they should start at the one. That's where the fumble occurred. They should get the one-yard line. Just like any other fumble. That's, my, that's my, there. that to me is the compromise that I would like to make. If, if we're not going to say, hey, it's still like, you know, you fumbled out of bounds. Can we and, stop giving them such a big benefit? Not just start getting at the, one. the ball. Um, but as far as the trade deadline, no, I'm all about that. Push the trade deadline back. Uh, extend it to week 10 or 11 and more teams uh, maybe are active. I would love a more active trade deadline in the NFL. So I'm all about that. I think figuring out rules in which you can convince them to be more active is actually really important for the NFL because it is, it absolutely is maybe the least fun trade deadline in all of sports. Stinks. Yeah, nothing really happens. It always gets hyped up. Stinks. It always gets hyped up, and, and there's speculation, and ultimately nothing really happens. There's small moves, McCole Hardman, Canarius Tony type moves that happen. That's Ooh, about it. Yeah. yeah, some like backup offensive linemen. Like the NBA's nuts. I don't think you can replicate that. But even in Major League Baseball, straight up stars get traded, and the Major League Baseball deadline. All the time. Not every deadline, but big time baseball players, like some of the top 10, 20, 30 players in the entire league, get moved sometime. If you push it back to week 10, you just knock out more teams. Someone else's another chance for someone's quarterback to go down or to fall four games back in the division. Eight games is not enough in the NFL to hardly eliminate anyone. Eight games through the year last year, there might have been three teams we knew were cooked. One was the Panthers, but there weren't that many teams that we were sure were fried. Hell, think about what you thought about the Green Bay Packers through eight weeks. The reason why they can't up and sell Eight weeks into the season is they got plenty of good football left. They were below 500, well below 500. The entire NFC South couldn't get sorted out. If you push it to week 10, you just give them more time. I also just think it is hard to, and the compensation might get lower if you push yeah. it further back, which is great for action. If less money to take on. Yes. Less money to take on, less draft pick compensation. I'm more willing to make the trade. Now it's only a third, not a second, you know. Like, there's just more wheeling and dealing that can come with it by pushing that deadline back. Yeah. I'm way more interested in that one. So are we, I mean, there's always usually some tweak rule-wise. It's, I mean, I, what's the what's the rule that is going to really get shifted then? Uh, going to be the hip the hip drop tackle or whatever yeah, they the call it? Yeah, the hip drop. That's probably the one. Is that, that's probably the one they adjust um, if they're not going to change the end zone rule, if they're not going to, they're talking about the kickoff thing. We did that they're yesterday. They're going to look at the tush push. You know I works. think they're going to keep the tush push. The more now it sounds like there's less and less momentum for that to get altered. I think it's just because they realize one team is legitimately great. At I think it. it's a boring ass play. That's what. That's the only reason why I would get rid of it. Sure. I, I'm fine. Like I, I don't. It's not about a competitive I also think advantage. Second and ten runs are boring ass plays. But I'm asking. You know, like sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you, boring plays suck. Yeah, but you and I know there's a difference oh, between a second and ten run and every fourth and inches. We yeah. just know it's a rugby scrum every play or whatever. Like and the Eagles, to their credit, have perfected. Now I'll be fascinated to know if Jason Kelsey actually were to retire. Can they are they good, good at? Are they actually good at that play anymore? What they just? What if they just sucked at it now that Jason? If, if Jason Kelsey's actually not playing next year, which is still up in the air, and I, that that has not been. Yes, he no, he said he wanted. I to I think take he's going to play. Yeah, like I think he still might play. There was a comment from him not that long ago in a either a radio interview or maybe his own podcast. I can't remember which now, um, where he had said watching Travis have the amount of success he had in the Super Bowl. Kind of gave him that itch back again. He's I'm not sure. sure that that means I'm he'll sure. play. But just watching his brother go through this again is kind of like, oh, man. Is he going to get the treatment ah, of a vet, you know, where it's again. like, hey, we don't show up when you want to show up, man. We'd love to have you back. Yeah, that's where he's going to make a decision career. before we make a decision on draft and free agency. But as far as what you show up in the offseason, dude, you can take the whole thing off and show up in week one for all I care. 
Like, I got to be honest, that's where, like, Andy could still loosen up as a coach a little bit. Randy could probably just go ahead and give those guys a break. Now, at the same time, I don't know. He had multiple players. You and I both talked to players, like, right after the game. Right after the game, there were players like Travis Kelsey and, God, what was the other one? Maybe LeJarrius Sneed specifically. Right after the game, it said, when that game, like, they were talking about how the 49ers got more tired than they did. And that those long drive drills and these tough training camps for she rice. That's who it was. Those things, they felt like it mattered. Now it mattered in the super bowl. Now they were talking about that right after the game. Same time. Not like at camp next year. Yeah. That's the only problem. The Eagles drafted uh, a center two years ago out of Nebraska, Cam Jurgens or whatever. So at that point, remember there've been retirement rumors around Jason Kelsey for multiple years. He's kept going. He's still playing at a very high level. Do we have to let the Justin Jefferson dreams die because their GM says that they're not interested in trading? No, you don't have to let them die. I just again, it's it's such there's a, always a long it's a dream, anyway. it's a pipe dream. I think, um, but no, until until he gets a new deal, there's always a chance. Um, I don't think you should waste too much of your time going through scenarios of Justin Jefferson in a Chiefs uniform because I think you'll probably let yourself down. I, I, who wouldn't love that? I mean, come on now. I also think he, he's one of like he's one of the fan favorite players anyway, and he's incredible. Um, and then, could you imagine? You could learn with the Patrick gritty. Mahomes, as we've talked about. We obviously know what it was like when he had one of the best receivers in football, and uh, in, in Tyreek Hill. But then Justin Jefferson, yeah, the gritty. We'd all as a show have to start learning how to do the gritty. We have a fun video day one, yeah, right away. Fine. We can probably right it's away. not that complicated. Right away, day one, if they if they traded for him, if a bunch live of on the show, kids who all got the Travis Kelsey fade can do it. We figure it out. Drew, yeah. can you dance? I don't think we've ever asked you. <laughs> I'm just asking. Can like, you dance? Uh, no, not not particularly well. I thought he was about to say, yeah. No, I'm surprised. I expected I, I expected you to say, you know what? Actually, I can. Why did you expect him to be able to dance? I don't know. I just did. Cody and I were at Probably the, the, earrings, uh, the you know? uh, media party. Yeah, the, the, and <laughs> the earrings. Make him seem like he could dance. Oh, you danced at the media party? No, 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 no. no, I, no. Cody and I were at the, when we were at the media party, they had the levels and there was the, there was a club level oh, yeah. and they had a, like a, a glass floor that had a bunch of uh, colored squares on it. And Cody's like, man, it would be great. You know, if you just could dance and, and nobody knew who you were, but you just hop out on the floor and you just start doing your thing. Specifically, I thought it would be very funny for this show if I said nothing to you guys. And then I spent the next two years getting really good at dancing. Yeah. And all of a sudden we ended up in a position. You're like, what the hell is happening? If all of a sudden we were just like, <laughs> by the, I just waited for my moment. By the my time, I waited for this moment. And then I just started like full blown. Doesn't matter. Break, break dancing. Yeah. Dancing. You're like. What's, What's happening? You'd be so confused. Well, we've had hi- random questions and hypotheticals, and you always go, like, we'll ask, you know, would you rather just be an unbelievable dancer or a yeah, great singer or whatever? whatever? We had that last week, I think, on the show. And, like, the dance part would just be for those situations, really weddings. Like, we're one of our coworkers has a wedding coming up this summer. If all of a sudden, whether it was dancing or you just turned out to be just an incredible singer, you just start, sing- lessons. You just start singing at the wedding, but you were incredible. I'd be like, what the hell? Be weird. Be fun, though. I had to do that. You know, just sneakily take something. With You're just gonna very limited free time. I learned to like play piano or something. You're just gonna keep it quiet, but take uh-huh. time to learn it's how way to play piano. Funnier to just like drop it on you. Yeah, the piano oh, yeah, would just is. be. T- it's like that one's tougher because how many situations are you walking into where there just happens to be a, a spare piano around and That's you want to play? I'm biding my time for the perfect moment. Could be five years from now. Could be three years from now. I don't know when I'm doing it for. I'm just doing how it often for the do you walk payout. into at a building that has even a piano for you to play? See, that's you know, why I think dan- on, dancing, you can dance oh, anywhere. You can sing anywhere. You that, can't. that fancy restaurant I told you about 10 times with Pete at the Bellagio, they had a piano. They had a guy playing the piano. Yeah. Full-blown playing. So what? You would have been at Full lunch. Blown and grand you would have piano. Them off. So you would have been at you lunch, were, and, you would have been, and you would have said, hey, excuse me, sir. I got so this. So can I get a song in? Crack your fingers and get ready. Crack, yeah. crack your knuckles. Yeah, right. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, it's, it's like, you got to be honest. Me on the floor of the Bellagio all of a sudden playing grand piano at some fancy-ass restaurant would be pretty funny to you, wouldn't it? It would be funny, yes. There's just no way you would. There's just. No way you'd see it coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll work on that. I'll absolutely work on that. From the 816, uh, back on the rule changes. <laughs> Hip drop tackle is going to be really hard to enforce. Yeah. So multiple people who used to play in the NFL, including Sean Barber and Dana Hughes, have voiced their dislike of that rule change. I know why they're doing it, but yeah, it'll be hard to enforce. Or they're going to call it a uh, Early on in the season. Because it could it, be a ton, it, man. It is... It's a, it's a lot. It's, it's how people tackle. The second they got rid of the like jumping, spearing, like the other things that make tackles dangerous, that became the most common way to tackle somebody because it allows you to get your weight down to bring them down. But here's the thing. 
I don't care if you're having a hard time tackling people. You know why? I like offense. Like every other person. I know, but man, think I about don't the care. it's it's obviously a safety thing. That's why they're considering the change. But you know, it's a third and eight, and you tackle the guy two yards short, and all of a sudden you're like the tackle looked like a tackle we've seen for a long time, and all of a sudden there's an extra fifteen yard penalty. Because cause it's going to be a personal foul, right? Don't you think that's what they'll, they'll rule it? A personal foul, for hip drop yes, ta- yes. tackle? So it's going to be a 15-yard penalty. And if they're calling that a ton early, it's going to suck as a viewer, too, though. It's, if it really, I wonder if there's Anytime be an someone gets pulled for, on the shoulder, someone's going to think it's a hip drop tackle. How, how, how big is the penalty? I mean, is the horse collar? The horse collar is 15. a 15. Yeah. Man, see, I, wonder, I wonder if they would switch it up where you can have the 15-yard personal foul, but also... Maybe there's a. So you want to like the face mask where there's a personal foul. Ver- I don't know if there's enough well, to. It's hard enough to to find. I don't think you could do a. a oh, it was a. Fir- it was a 15 yard hip drop, or this was a well, five no, yard no, hip I, drop. Remember they used to do that with pass interference. I'm like, we're not doing that anymore. If there's a hip drop, it's 10 yards, not oh. 15. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it, mm. Any any level egregious or not, 10 yards. But uh, I would feel like it'd have to be a personal. F- I mean, if it, it fits more if in the it's category, tenure, it's an automatic first down, or we're just creating a whole new category. That actually, that, has to be that, a first down. that might be an automatic first. Just in terms of maybe if if a guy if somebody runs the ball and it's a six yard game, but a guy hip drop hip, hip drop tackles him, and it would be third and short, and it's called it's automatic first down from the spot. That might make the most sense. It's a spot foul and an automatic first down. It says it increases the injury risk twenty five by twenty five times the rate of a standard tackle. That is why they are considering outlawing hip drop tackles. Well, we know it got Patrick Mahomes' ankle hurt right before he went on to win the Super Bowl. It sucks. I understand why people are afraid of it. I understand the risk, but... What's weird about this, though, the reason why... why Everything has a trickle-down effect. It's like... When, when certain rules, as you said, have caused, you know, this reason why players always talk about because of concussion protocol, now players go lower, but that leads to knees getting blown out. And most players so would still rather go at quarterback's knees yeah, because mo- Tom Brady got hurt once. And most players would tell you they would rather get hit high than low. We've heard that plenty of times. Sure. And so the reason why the hip drop tackle is a thing now is why? Because we you got rid of, well, that, but also because horse, co- horse yeah. collar tackles are not allowed. So hip drop <clears throat> tackle yeah. is also a way to get around it. Like, Every, there's a trickle down effect. I don't know what the next iteration is after hip drop tackles, but um, one thing can lead to another. They want you to just use your arms, <laughs> wrap around the center of their mass, and then not drive them into the ground, place them onto the ground without really yeah, lay them down. Yeah, they like, but I mean, I get it. I understand what the NFL does. The NFL's got a problem just like any other sport, which is they keep trying to, and they should try to make the sport safe. I'm not saying that. But they also are trying to fight against like, hey, we need to make this sport safe. I'm like, it's not a safe sport. You got people running 25 miles per hour at each other that weigh 310 pounds. Of course, it's not safe. And that's a tough balance because, of course, it's a violent sport, but doesn't mean you don't try to do things to make it safer. This hip drop one, I just think, is very difficult to enforce and is going to be a frustrating one if... In fact, they actually outlawed. Noted that it was not after Mahomes got a hip drop tackle against him, but after more players this season not named Mahomes had it happened to them. It came up around the playoffs, and I can't remember which team. There was a hip drop tackle in the playoffs that people were up in arms against. Wasn't the well not in the regular season, but didn't Mark Andrews? Wasn't that what caused his uh, injury? The Mark yeah. Andrews. That was a big one. That was a big one. Was the big one, and then there there is a, right. there was another one. I You're think right. in the playoffs though. Cody, Logan Wilson, that that dirty Cincinnati Bengal player. Mark Andrews said he wasn't even dirty. That so dirty I, you know, Cincinnati player. You know, full of dirty players. You know, back in the day, it was Vontez perfect as well. You know, it's what Cincinnati's no, Von, about. Von, Vontez was another that. I wonder if, if they <laughs> he's, do, he's an old time. Yeah, if they do CT, if they unveil what they find in CTE scans, it would be amazing to find what they see in Antonio Brown's scan and also Vontez Burfick scan. And Bill Romanowski, who ducked us at the that too. and Draymond Green. Are we going to go cross board yeah, here? I don't know. We're just talking about yeah. players who that can't stay out of trouble. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. Maybe I don't know if he has CTE or anything, but uh, Bill Romanowski, Drew, he never got back to you when it mattered. No, most. no, he did. He wasn't there. He Coward. said he got back to me, but he said, I'm not in Vegas. You're scared. That's we why we didn't want him on the phone. Yeah. Maybe next year. Maybe next year in New Orleans if the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. And I, I never thought to ask because based on what you guys have said, he's there every single year. So he, And that's mm-hmm. true. He usually he usually is. But remember, the difference is he was dealing with some uh, financial issues, I believe. Uh, right. Some legal I think trouble. the IRS is after him for what did we find out, like $13 million or something, huh? allegedly. I think, Cody, you, you should just stand by the fact of we reached out and he was scared of you. Yeah, that's And it. as a result, he did not go to Vegas. I stand by that. He's a coward. He ran from the fight. 
He's a coward. Absolutely. Coming up Easy next, we'll, uh, we'll get to what's trending. And uh, earlier today, we were joined by the general manager of the Kansas City Royals, J.J. Piccolo. He told us uh, his role in the uniform uh, changes in baseball or lack thereof, plus uh, if we should be concerned about Cole Reagans and what he did already on Sunday. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. Number one on what's trending. Royal Spring training continues today. Split squad day, so they'll play the Padres and the Rockies. Pitchers in those contests expected to be Daniel Lynch and Michael Walker over on our sister station 1660. Coming up after what's trending, you'll hear our conversation with the general manager of the Royals, JJ Piccolo. Including why he is not as worried as I was on Sunday about Cole Reagan's dropping 101 mile per hour fastball with 20 inches of break in his first spring training outing. Good news is pitchers are a little bit different than they used to be. Next up on Watch Trending, Combine Day means a lot of news coming out of the Combine. Minnesota Vikings GM saying they're not going to trade Justin Jefferson. Who knows if that's true. Tom Telesco, the new Raiders GM, saying the same thing about Devontae Adams. And Ryan Poles talking about Justin Fields, saying they do not want to treat him unfairly if they trade him, suggesting the fact that if they do move on from him, they'd like to do it before free agency opens. I actually think that that makes the most sense. First, not just for him, but for you. He's going to be much harder to move after free agency opens because teams who would maybe want Justin Jefferson might already be pursuing Kirk Cousins or Or Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You might just be working against, um, you know, less teams, working with less teams than you normally were under that bet. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't he's, do that. He's getting traded in the next, like, two weeks. I, I think he starts on the 13th, by the way. Yeah, I think we're about two weeks away from Justin Jefferson. Uh, you just, yeah, I just did what you did. Justin Fields Justin getting Fields. traded. Sorry, uh, I mentioned Justin Jefferson's yeah. then Fields. Not trying to be confusing. <laughs> Justin Fields is what we're talking next about. Next up on what's trending, local college basketball. Last night, Kansas State got an overtime win, 94-90 on West Virginia. They had, like, a 25-point lead at halftime. Things got really dicey late. They actually trailed with about a minute or so to go. They were able to stabilize enough, get the win, and I think keep their NCAA tournament hopes alive. The Wildcats have a game against Cincinnati, KU, and Iowa State remaining. Those last two, one a win against one of them could be huge for their chances uh, to, to get into the NCAA tournament. Tonight, KU taking on BYU 7 o'clock at Allen Fieldhouse. McCullough going to play? Dude, the way Bill Self talked, I think this is a similar situation a couple years ago um, where you, you had a player that chose slash disagreed with like it was the Remy Martin situation now Remy Martin ended up playing the po- in the postseason and obviously won something's a national championship but I wonder if something's up there I didn't it Kevin McCuller is not a guarantee to play again I guess is what is a fair thing to say at this point I do think that you absolutely have to consider that next up on what training Brett Veach at the combine earlier today said he is likely or at least planning on using the franchise tag this offseason, obviously suggesting in an attempt to keep both Legereus Sneed and Chris Jones. Let's just face the reality here. If he's talking about using the tag to try to keep both, he ain't talking about tagging Chris Jones at $32 million. He's talking about tagging Legereus Sneed. 
Cornerback is a huge need across the league right now. No reason to let it go. You absolutely have to keep Snead in house, which means unless you got a contract extension done with him in the next 10 days, he's going to get franchise tag and they'll work on it from there. At this point, I think I'd be stunned if Legereus Snead didn't get franchised. I don't Think, know about you. Thinking of franchise tags, Justin Matabuke of the Ravens, that's the expectation. He's going to get tagged. Had a fantastic uh, season, 13 sacks this past year. The Chiefs did a great job on, on him. He ended up getting one sack later, a half sack later in that AFC title Just game. enough for you to cash your back. That was it. That's the only reason why I remember. That's the only reason why I remember that. He was plus money to get a sack. Yes. I think we can talk about defensive lineman needs more tomorrow. Because Justin Matabuke would have been at the top of my list if they were unable or if they're unable to keep Chris yeah. Jones in-house. Well, now he's off the board. I think more franchise tags might happen just as a result of the cap going up. There might be more teams willing to do it. But also, he had 13 sacks. They don't usually let those kind of players just walk. That is what's trending here. On Cody and Gold, one clarification on the split squad games for the Royals. Looks like that the audio will just be on Royals.com, so uh, not on 1660 for what I can tell. So it looks like Royals.com for the split squad game. Earlier today, we were joined by the general manager and executive vice president of baseball operations for the Royals, J.J. Piccolo. And, uh, yeah, we did, of course, ask him about Cole Reagans, but we started our conversation uh, asking about the vibe right now and with the big offseason that they had, if he senses a different feeling around Surprise Arizona. Yeah, there's definitely an excitement that's uh, around this camp right now. A lot of new faces, guys that uh, have done it before and done it for a long time, and there's a sense of uh, urgency that's healthy and and also just um, a level of experience that maybe we haven't had in a few years. So it's been a, it's been a really refreshing first couple of weeks. When you guys uh, got to camp, was one of the first things you guys talked about at spring training, the uniforms, JJ. <laughs> it has consistently come up seemingly across baseball, and I want to give you guys credit. Was it your idea to go with the big letters? I got to be honest. You might be the only team in baseball who thought of it. I'm a big fan. Well, it's certainly not my area of expertise, <laughs> but uh, we have people in place uh, that, that are very aware of what's going on in the game and what the trends are. And, and luckily put up a little bit of a fight and we were able to uh, continue wearing the, the names on the back of our uniforms, the way we like to wear them. So uh, I know that's been popular with our fans and, you know, and it, and it looks great. The uniforms look great. Are you going to be the only team in baseball this year with the big letters based on that? Or can you appeal this mid season? You know, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know the answer to that, but um, I know there's been a lot of news about it. And uh, I try to just stay concerned with what's going on on the field. <laughs> Uniforms are not my area. So I stay out of it. When you look at it from a pitching perspective, I wanted to start with Cole Reagan's obviously his spring training performance stood out in a big way, but like from a, from just like a, a general understanding of how baseball normally works, JJ, should I be worried that Cole Reagans has already thrown 101 miles an hour with all this extra break? I think sometimes people would equate that to, uh-oh, there's arm trouble coming. Why in this case is it okay for Cole Reagans to already be this advanced? Well, you know, five to ten years ago, it might be more of a discussion piece, but I think what we're experiencing throughout the industry are our players are training at such a high level throughout the off season that they come into spring training so ready to go. And, you know, in some ways, when you, when we put some artificial guardrails up, Hey, we only want you thrown at 80%, you might be more susceptible to injury. So we just want to let players come in as natural and compete as, as naturally as they can. And Cole's in tremendous shape and he's thrown extremely hard. It's not like we've never seen him do this before. We've seen it before. So we're not overly concerned. We take note of it. We're not overly concerned, but um, I think it's more of an indication of how the industry has evolved over the years. We're talking to J.J. Piccolo, Royals Executive Vice President of Baseball Operations and General Manager. It sure feels like, you can tell me if I'm way off on this, but there are more free agents still out there at this point, maybe even more than usual. Do you, do you feel like you're done adding to the club right now? Yeah, from a free agent perspective, I would say that we are. Um, you know, we're, we're going to continue to look every day to improve our team any way we can. But when you're looking at the large number of free agents that are out there, I think if you get into some players that may entertain a non-roster invite to spring training with an opportunity to make the team, they're the type of players that we would want to take advantage of uh, if those opportunities presented itself. But um, it is different. You know, there's a, there's a much larger number, and you can put together a pretty good team based on the free agents that are still available. Uh, but something's going to give here soon, and those guys are going to find homes, and they'll be with the club, and, you know, it'll be something to talk about in the offseason next year to see if the market speeds up at all. 
from a pitching perspective, we know that that's where you added a bunch from the starting rotation end. How confident are you guys that there is still some hope here for some of these young pitchers that were once thought of as being like for sure in your rotation guys. I mean, guys like Daniel Lynch, that there is still that like untapped potential of finding starter level value out of those guys versus deciding maybe what they could do out of the bullpen earlier, or what, you know, what might be available to them, JJ. Yeah, I think every guy is a little bit different. Some guys mentally are, are prepared and can move to the bullpen pretty easily and it's not a big deal. And some guys are just, just have that starter mentality, but you know, it's our belief that really the success of this club is not only going to be based on how our free agents and new players perform, but the improvement of others that you're referring to, because it's, uh, you know, we got a long way to go. We had a tough year last year. We got a long way to go. So there's other things aside from just the, the acquisitions that need to fall in place, whether it's Daniel Lynch, Alec Marsh, Angel Zerpa. I mean, the list goes on and on of guys that will count on to improve. And, you know, of course, we're, we're focused on 2024, but we also have to think about 25 and 26. And those players will be with us in 25 and 26. So we do need them to develop. We do need them to contribute. And, you know, we're open-minded. If it's coming out of the pen and that's the best way to get them the opportunity at the major league level, we're open to it. And if something happens to a starting pitcher right now, we have the depth uh, to cover with that maybe we didn't have last year. I think we talk about injuries a lot. What can you do with a pitcher like Daniel Lynch to keep him healthy? I know that that's, that's an overly complicated question, JJ, but what kind of things can you guys do in the offseason to make sure he's available for 162? Well, I, with Daniel in particular, it started when he went on the I.L. last year, and there was uh, you know strong feelings amongst our medical staff and our strength and conditioning department and performance science that we needed to have Daniel add some healthy weight uh, to his frame, which he started on while he was on the I.L. last year, continued with it throughout the offseason, went and pitched in winter ball, and has reported to camp in great shape. And, you know, our our feeling is he's put himself in a great position to stay healthy. Uh, he's, he's an incredible worker, you know, but, you know, just not to lock in on just Daniel, but every pitcher has a plan when they go into the offseason. And most of it centers around how do you stay healthy for six, seven months of the baseball season, and Daniel's put himself in a great spot to start this year. Another pitcher, uh, health-wise, we, we, you spoke, I think, just two or three days ago about Carlos Hernandez dealing with some uh, right shoulder problems at, at this point in time. Obviously, you guys would like to, to have him back in, by the time we get to the start of the season, but is there a different feel, at least, with what you have in the bullpen? And it's, it's not as if you are 100% counting on Carlos Hernandez, feeling like you have to have him available based off of other moves you guys were able to make. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that he's not able to compete right now, and we're going to take that one slow, and we'll see. We we need to, we need him healthy. You know, we're not going to force him to get back on the mound prematurely. But um, you know, the depth that that we've acquired in the off season, along with the guys that were returning, we are in a better spot to to handle an injury like that. Um, you know, that was part of why we went and got John Triber. You know, knowing that um, everything's so fragile. You know, day to day can change really quickly. Uh, but we had an opportunity to add to our bullpen, another experienced guy, uh, and really to combat and put ourselves in the best position uh, to overcome any injuries or setbacks we have. So we do have a number of guys, and um, you know we still, you know, we're going to count on Carlos. We need him to get healthy, number one. Uh, then secondly, get in there and compete and pitch well. So, uh, but right now we can sustain that injury, and hopefully we don't have too many more where we can go into this season healthy enough to compete in the pen. Speaking with Royals general manager, J.J. Piccolo, I want to switch to the offensive side of the ball. I know you guys do internal projections just like any baseball team does. What 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 do those projections say about where you guys can grow offensively? I know getting Vinny Pasquantino back healthy will make a difference for your offense, but how much better offensively do you guys think you can be? We spent a lot of time talking about the pitching. I think you were 23rd in runs scored last year. How much better do you think you are there? Well, there's there's two areas that we have to improve in. Number one is just getting on base at a higher rate. Um, you know, that's you can't score if you don't get the first base. So we got to get on base more. Uh, that's going to come with some maturity of the young hitters, just learning how to take a bat. Uh, you know, no, knowing when pitchers may be pitching around them and taking their walks and taking quality backs at bats and making good swing decisions. But the second part of that is when we have runners in scoring position, we have to capitalize on those opportunities. And uh, there were a lot of missed opportunities last year. Uh, and then you look across the league at some teams that maybe 
you know, exceeded win projections. A lot of it came down to production with runners in scoring position. And sometimes it's a little overstated because the majority of the time that, that's simply a ground ball that scores the run. So we need to put the ball and play more with guys on third base in particular. And we'll see our, our run production go up. When you look at, I mean, I guess, who are you counting on to do that the most? Other than maybe Bobby Wood Jr., you could see an improvement there. Is there is there certain players or type of players you count on to maybe teach about that quality at bat or teach about how to getting those runs home in the most important moment? You know, it, re- it really applies to all players. I mean, we kind of put our hitters in two, two buckets. You're a run producer or you're a run scorer. If you're a run producer, that's your time to shine. That's your time to get the runners in and – the best way it was ever explained to me was when there's runners on second, third, you talked to some of the best hitters over the history of the game. What was your thought process with runners on second and third? They'll tell you it was just to get the runner in from third. Don't worry about the runner at second. You get a base hit, he's probably going to score anyway. So those types of hitters, the, the run producers, they need to put the ball in play when guys are on base and in scoring position. And then when you think about a, a run scorer, they're usually your contact guys. So they should really excel in those opportunities because they are the ones, whether it's a drag bunt or simple ground ball, they're the ones that, you know, it should be in their toolbox to be able to play that type of game. Uh, Even though their job may be primarily to get on base, they should excel with runners on third. So I really think it, it applies to every hitter. It's just them understanding what type of hitter do you need to be and what type of hitter are you and how does this situation apply to me? And if guys can slow the game down uh, at that level, they'll have more success with runners in the scoring position. Last thing for me, JJ, how is year two of Matt Cotrero going? You guys obviously were just getting to know each other a little bit last season. What sense do you have about uh, how he's doing with the team so far? Well, definitely a lot more focused on things we need to improve on. Last year was a learning experience for both he and I. We're learning new staff. We're learning new players, particularly Q learning new players. Uh, where this year he's got clear objectives, things that he wants to see done better in spring training, uh, major focus on just the simple fundamentals of the game. Uh, we he, he likes to talk about winning on the margins a lot, and there's something to be said with just good, sound, fundamental baseball uh, that helps you win on the margins. So I think it's there's just a more clear uh, objective for him this year in spring training. And, of course, going through this second year with a lot of coaches that he was new new to last year, you know, they're just more in sync with each other, and it's uh, been a pretty easy transition this year compared to a year ago. J.J. Piccolo, Royals Executive Vice President of Baseball Ops and the General Manager. Always good to check in with you, and uh, I'm sure we will a few more times before we get to opening day. Okay, guys, I appreciate your time. That was our earlier conversation today with the Royals General Manager, J.J. Piccolo, here on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, beginning kind of joked, he's like, I really don't uh, the jerseys, uniform, not my expertise. Uh, other other individuals uh, were able to, to do that petition, and that's why the Royals uniforms so, are still looking better than everybody else's. Sources tell me. <laughs> um, sources tell me uh-huh. the big driving force behind the big letters, Mr. John Sherman. He wanted the bigger letters. It was him. I, I, he I, likes the big letters. He's I, a man of the big letters. <laughs> John Sherman, driving force behind I, lobbying Major League Baseball for the big. I, the fact that they're the only team who did it is good hilarious to me i love it their jerseys look better than everyone else's now as a result of it because the tiny letters are stupid but it's now but now like it's so funny because now their jerseys look distinguishable like noticeably different than everyone yeah i mean look it's it's because of it it's good in the grand scheme of things it's so small because if the team is playing well in the field that's all that people are going to care about they're not going to Good or bad, they're not going to say, "Wow, you saved the uniforms." It's Look good, play good, man. Quick Come trip. on. I wonder if they just had more focus on the uniforms this offseason anyway, because they were working on the quick trip patch thing. So I just wonder, talking about the those yeah. that are in charge. Royals of that sort already of thing. had one of the best jerseys in baseball as it is, but the yeah. fact that they didn't settle into tiny numbers confirms it. Mm-hmm. What a weird. Sometimes I think it's like, no, we're making our stamp. Like they didn't need because Brady told us like earlier in the show, he's like they're like thinner, like the jerseys are they're like lighter. And you're like, why are you changing up jersey? Like, jersey's been jersey for a long time. You didn't need to change pant thickness, jersey I thickness, mean, it's, it's just or they letter it up. size. It's just okay? they screwed that up. I mean, the NFL has had different iterations. Like, the current pants the NFL players wear are not the same ones they wore 15 years ago. I mean, no, so, I know, but, but the problem is the Major League Baseball and Nike slash Fanatics screwed this thing up. That's all. Glad. Glad I'm guessing they're John still going to fix the see through pant problem by the time we get to. Uh, we had Brady Singer on earlier and. 
So maybe I'll wear sweatpants. Yeah, maybe put some sweatpants on over there. Just make sure, you know. Look, I'll tell you right now, my only goal as a player right now would be to avoid being the photos that exist <laughs> on the internet right now. I mean, unless you're just real proud of yourself, then I guess so be it if you're on the internet. But. If you're trying to avoid that situation, yeah, you say that, but watch like there's the pant thickness. You just don't, you know, you're going to be, you know, so you're in some colder weather climates once the season starts. I'm just saying it's not going to be as friendly <laughs> as maybe the Arizona weather is, gonna, is to you right now. That's all. Oh, man. I just, I don't know how baseball's like, what a stupid thing to screw up. And also, baseball lies about the dumbest things sometimes that we know are true. Like, baseball's own internal study proved that baseballs were juiced a couple of years ago, and they've never admitted it. They lied about it in the moment. They've lied about it the entire time. Statistical evidence that proves the other way, and they lie about it. Then they're like, those pants are the same thickness. And you're like, they're not. <laughs> I'm looking at them, Rob. Same thickness, but different. They, they, they claim they're just look, the the, pat, the, uh, the fabric's in a different spot. Well, then fix it. Whatever that is, fix it. Go back look, to what it was. And that's when you're talking to me like your kids. You're like, Robbie, this isn't going to work. You don't have to lie to me. They're not the same pants. What do you mean the fabric's in a different spot? They're pants. <laughs> By the way, when you're putting pants and you're like, huh, I wonder which part should be more see-through. It's not the <laughs> genital area. I'm just going to say it. That's not the part you want the more see-through part for baseball pants. Depending on other life circumstances, treat your life oh, accordingly. Wait, you know? what? what? <laughs> wait, there's hold on. There's a circumstance in your life where you want see-through pants. No. I, w- I would like you to explain the situation <laughs> where you actually want to have pants that are see-through. Maybe you work at Chippendales or something. Right? Oh, okay. Maybe you would like it more okay. see-through there than the calf area. I see. The point I is. See. Not in baseball. Uh, tomorrow on Fesco in the morning, a programming note, they will have Andy Reid joining their show at 6.50 in the morning. Also, replay at 8.20. So if you want to hear from Andy Reid, and I'm sure they will ask him about the contract extension report since nobody did at the scouting combine today. hope so. Uh, I'm imagining our guys will take care of that. Be listening tomorrow morning. We're back at it tomorrow from 10 to 2. For now, we have things off to CDOT and Rob right here on 610. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.